0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe.
1: What's going on, Rip City? This is the Believe in Blazer podcast presented by Bet Online. I am your co host, Steve Vaughn. I, with my other co host, Tori Jones, over there. Catch Tori at Tori Jones YT on Twitter. Catch me at Steven underscore VON on Twitter. Tori, what's going on, man? Blazers are on fire. Uh, this team is fun to watch. Even I can't complain about him, and I am known to complain about this. Tori, what is going on? How are you feeling right now?
0: I'm feeling good. I've spent the past two hours scripting a video that I will have over on my YouTube channel, Blazers Uprise. It's going to focus on the Blazers being contenders if they fix one thing. And I'm not going to spoil it. We might get into that one thing during this recording, but I'm going to... Let you lead this thing as I normally do, but uh, I'm looking forward to putting out a video talking about the Blazers in contention, which I, I can't believe I'm saying that, man. The Blazers are nine and three, six and one on the road. Uh, phenomenal season so far. They're fun to watch. They're playing both sides of the ball. I could not be happier with how they've started this year.
1: Yeah, I mean we, we talked about that six game road trip. Ford won to start that road trip. They got the last game. Uh, In Dallas when we're recording here So uh, we're interested to see how they finish that road trip But no matter what, how it finishes Like Blazer fans should be excited Uh, I feel like almost Blazer fans Should give the team a standing ovation When they get back to Moda Center Like that's how well they've played uh, On this road trip And a lot of it has been without all the guys right? All the injured players and things of that nature So the Blazers have been uh, on fire lately And of course if you want to bet them To make the playoffs, to win the division Heck as Tori said, if they do a certain thing, win the NBA Finals, do that with their friends at Bet Online. Because basketball is back and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet your favorite sports and events, whether that's the NFL. NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, golf, whatever you want, they got it. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code Believe. That is Believe. B L E A V. To receive your rewards, Bet Online, where the game starts. So shout out to Bet Online for uh, presenting our podcast and uh, giving that to the to the listeners and viewers here. I think it's a great deal. But uh, Tori, I mean, that's where I want to start here. Is this team coming into the season? Uh, projected 10th in the Western Conference based on win total, based on uh, you know conference, futures, things of that nature. I had them at 10th. That's kind of what I thought they were at the start of the year. Um, I'm willing to admit that I'm wrong, even though it's only 11 games into the season. Uh, it's very, very obvious that this team is better than a 10 seed. What are your uh, new expectations for this team? Because I think, I don't know how you feel, but I feel this team has clicked better than I thought they were, and there's still room for improvement. I don't know exactly where I want to place them in the Western Conference right now. It's still early in the season, but I will say my expectations have changed. How are you feeling about your type of expectations for this team?
0: Yeah, uh Going into the season, I thought this team had this type of upside. I didn't know whether or not they'd achieve it. So it's not like anything they've done has absolutely shocked me because obviously they brought in a better defensive roster, some rangy forwards. I always trusted Chauncey Billups as a coach on that end. They had the upside to be a good defense. I think we had a podcast uh, before the season where we were talking about what is their defensive upside. And I said, I think they can be a top 10 defense if everything clicks right right so far they right now they are the 5th or the 6th ranked defense so they've actually been better on the defensive side of the floor than on the offensive side of the floor they are the 16th ranked offense they are actually slightly below average and that's a good thing when you're talking about is this sustainable because they have so much room for improvement on the offensive end they have a couple bad games weighing them down they've had some really good performances obviously the best one being when they dropped 135 points on the Denver Nuggets behind Anthony Simons's big third quarter but Damian Lillard's missed five out of the 12 games Anthony Simons has missed a couple games Nurkic missed a game Jeremy Grant has missed a game it's not like they've been fully healthy and the fact that they've still been able to be good enough offensively without Damian Lillard and then Damian Lillard looked like to his old self and in the past he's carried worse offensive rosters to top 10 offenses I fully expect some improvement on the offensive end and the thing holding him back right now is just super sloppy turnovers and it's not like oh well they're turning the ball over because they're trying to move the ball more it's a lot of silly mistakes it's a lot of misreads just bad passes it's a lot of Bone-headed turnovers, as Chauncey Billups, I believe, put it in one of his post-game press conferences. Those are super fixable, right? So, offensively, they're not even... All that impressive. They're getting to the free throw line a bunch because they're attacking the paint. They they're driving a lot. That was part of their philosophy before the season. Um, and I i think that will continue. But I expect some improvement there. And then defensively, they haven't even played with their best defensive player yet, and they're they're the sixth ranked defense. It's almost like Gary Payton II went from the guy who was going to fix things to the cherry on top, which is not what I was expecting.
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean there's uh <clears throat> like you said, the turnovers are a little bit of a problem. Uh, They're towards the bottom of the league in turnovers. Turnovers per possession, they're actually tied for last in the NBA with the Houston Rockets. Uh, So that is a troublesome thing. But I will say, there's still room for improvement. We forget that this team, because they're playing so well, we forget that they haven't played together very long. Right, like Josh Hart was in Portland last season, but he didn't get to play with a lot of these players. It was a lot with Scrubs he was playing with. Dame and Ant even haven't played a lot together, right? Like Dame still missed a couple games this year. But even before that, coming to the year, we talked about just how it's going to take a little bit of chemistry, take a little bit of time to get that chemistry going. And they're still winning games even though they don't have that chemistry. So there's still a lot of room for improvement offensively. And then you touched on it defensively, man. They are stout defensively. And there's stretches in the games where you know, and it's especially in the second half, the third, and the fourth quarter. They really buckled down on teams. You saw that in the Charlotte game. Charlotte was uh, had a nice run in the third quarter, and then it just shut down the entire rest of the game. Last half of the third quarter into the fourth quarter, and that Blazer defense, man, it is vicious. And it's something that it's it's a good good to see because we haven't seen it in so long here in Portland. But you know, it's almost just like guys are giving effort, and it's working out perfectly, which is so fun to watch. Uh, compared to the last few seasons, really, like just to see the effort that these guys are playing with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they have needed some fourth-quarter heroics to take care of business. Some of their turnover issues have made games closer than maybe they should have been, but the fact that they've still been able to pull out wins in some of these games, a couple of which they've been severely shorthanded against good teams, is definitely a positive. You know, it has taken a couple buzzer-beating shots from... Both they're starting forward, so it's not Dame, right? In the past, it's Dame's the clutchest player in the league. He carries the Blazers in crunch time. Well, this year, in the fourth quarter, they have the second-ranked defense in terms of opponent's points per fourth quarter. Second-ranked defense. They're playing clutch defense, a lot of it behind a small ball lineup, which has been really good on the defensive end. And then, offensively, it's been... Dame a couple times, but Jeremy Grant has four go-ahead buckets in the final minute. Four separate games, he's had a go-ahead bucket in the final minute. This season. Josh Hart, of course, has the buzzer beating three in Miami. Anthony Simons has had some good moments as well. So this entire team is playing clutch basketball on both sides of the floor. And I think that's a confidence and a DNA thing. And when you have a leader like Dame that you can trust, but then also you can hang your hat on the defensive end and you have the length and the athleticism to fly around defensively, especially when the adrenaline is up and the game is on a line, then that's the type of team that wins close games you know it would be nice For everybody's blood pressure, if they could take care of the ball a little bit better and maybe be up eight instead of up two or tied and needing these heroics in the fourth quarter, but you'll take wins any way you get them. You know, that win over Phoenix when Phoenix was healthy, the Blazers go on the road. They're without Dame. They're without Ant. They still win that game. That's what good teams do. They hang their hat on the way that they play, even when they're shorthanded and they are able to still do enough on both sides of the floor to be able to win games. And, uh, you know defensively they've been getting it done no matter who's on the floor and then offensively even without Dame even without Ant for a couple games Jeremy Grant when he needs to has stepped up and played like a number one Josh Hart yesterday against the Pelicans, stepped up and had 17 points, despite him not being super aggressive offensively earlier in the year. And then, uh, you know, there's uh, other guys that can step up in Phil Rolls. Nas had 15 points last night. Shaden Sharp has had some good games, right? You have enough pieces around this core that you can be without, you know, a Jeremy Grant or a Dame or an Ant, and you still have enough scoring, and you can still get it done on the defensive end, and therefore you can still be in pretty much any game.
1: Yeah, the thing that's really shocked me um, is just how well the bench has been playing. I thought that was a question mark coming into the season. You know, I'm not the biggest Nasir Little fan, uh, but he's had some really nice moments uh, this season. He has some bad moments, but he has some really nice moments as well. You know, Trenton Watford has come in since that injury, and he's really put a solidified uh, player off the bench. Drew Eubanks has been awesome Tori. I think off the bench like I can't ask for much more out of him being a backup center I think he's playing really well uh you see the he has a soft touch on the inside he's finishing well he doesn't make all the right plays he makes mistakes but as a backup center I can't really ask for much and I wasn't expecting that out of him like he looks like a legitimate NBA player which I just was not expecting that coming into this season so nice surprise there and of course it's even without GP2 so that bench is just going to get better but like, expectations-wise for me, you know, it's coming in. I had them at the 10th seed. I like to look at the betting odds. Like, that's they're a little bit higher than that now. Um, but I think right now for me, like, for the rest of the season going forward, like, I think this team realistically, like, they should be shooting to get to that 6th seed at least. Right? I, I think they could be better than that. I think that they could be the five seed if they really keep playing well, the four seed even. But... I think you know my expectations now is that the Blazers get to at least that succeed and get into the actual real playoffs, not just the play-in tournament, the playoffs. I think this team, they have the look of a playoff team, and we saw that you know against the Phoenix Suns, like it looked like a playoff game. Same thing against the Pelicans, like it looked like a playoff game. The way that they were playing defense, and I think that's going to keep going this season with Chauncey Billups. You know, I don't hear a lot of people talking about uh, complaining that Chauncey Billups is the head coach of the Portland Trail Blazers. I don't hear about all the things off the court with Chauncey Billups anymore because, you know what, he can coach and people don't care anymore now that they like him. But it's like, you know, I think this team really could be a – it should shoot for a top six. I think that's the realistic goal right now for the Blazers. Am I still underrating them or is that about right in your mind?
0: Too low. Too low. My expectation is that this team is fighting for potentially the one seed later on this season because it's a product of – They're beating a lot of teams that they're going to have to fight against. They've had one of the hardest schedules in the league. They've been able to win these games despite not being full strength. There is such room for improvement on the offensive end. The defense, I don't see why it can't be sustainable, especially when you add GP2. And you're going to have a lot of these bad teams later on in the season that are tanking for one Banyama, games that should be definitely winnable. And then you look at the favorites... For a potential one seed going into the season, right? Phoenix, Chris Paul's hurt. They just lost by what 20 to the Orlando Magic tonight. Cam Johnson's out for a bit, uh, so you know they're a good team. But Portland's already beaten them two out of their three games. One of them they were shorthanded in. The Clippers. Kawhi doesn't have a timetable for a return. And without Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers are very mediocre. And then the Golden State Warriors almost lost on their home court tonight to the Cleveland Cavaliers. They pulled it out in crunch time, but they are 5-7. and seven they're five and seven. So other than that, I mean, any other team being a one seed would be a little bit of a surprise. Minnesota got love before this season, but they're five and eight. They look terrible. So at this point, Utah has the one seed. I don't think they will fully sustain what they've done to start this year. Like their roster isn't as talented as Portland's roster or some other rosters here in the Western Conference. But it's like, who's going to be fighting for that one seed at this point? I feel like that should absolutely be the goal for the Portland Trailblazers to be fighting for a one seed when when March comes along, when April comes along, they should be in competition for that because they're playing both sides of the ball. They haven't been healthy, they've beaten good teams, their schedule will get easier. They're nine and three right now, and they're six and one on the road. They've played, what, five home games, seven road games, six and one on the road.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I want to agree with you, Tori. It's only twelve games though. Right. And I understand that they've played really good teams. So I, I'm willing to recognize that. Like, they're definitely a lot better than I thought they would be. I just think it's a little too premature to say they could be the one seed. Now, I might well, be wrong. Hold, hold, I hold, might hold, be hold, wrong. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, it's, I don't, it's anything is premature. It's not premature at this point because the good teams look bad. There's bad teams that look good. Right. So I feel like, and this is my question for you because I'm curious about this, is, what is not sustainable out of what they're doing? Like, what do you think they won't continue to do at the level they're doing at And will the potential offensive improvement and the team getting healthy? What won't that offset? Because right now they're playing like a team that will be fine for a one seed. So I'm wondering what won't what they won't maintain.
1: I don't – I don't. I, that's a good question. Like, I don't think and it's necessarily what the Blazers are going to do worse, right? Like, I think this is all sustainable. I don't know that they're the sixth-best defensive team or whatever it was. What I, I think that's what I said, right? Sixth? Is that what you said, I believe? That's what I said as well. Um, I don't know that they're the sixth-best defensive team. I don't know, but I don't think they're the 16th-best offensive team. I think it's more in the middle for both of them. Um, I think it's more that I think the Western Conference is going to be fine. Like, you, you know, you talked about these teams – and all the question marks that they have, I think they all have room for improvement that can get better. I don't think the Warriors are a 5-7 and seven team. Like they are a, co- a championship contender. I think Denver's going to, uh, you know, they're 8-4 and four right now. I think they're going to continue to get better and be right there in the mix for a one seed. Same with the Clippers. I know that they've been hurt and they're not necessarily healthy. I think they're going to be fine. And, you know, it's still early in the season. So I think it's more that I think the Western Conference is still really good and that the teams are just a little better... Going against the Blazers, I don't think that I necessarily... I wouldn't say that I think the Blazers can't keep this up. I think the Blazers can. I think you're right. I think they can... Maybe not at a 75% win rate, but close to that, right? Like, you know, 60%, something like that. Like, they can continue playing really well. I just think that they're playing a little bit out of their mind. Gotten a little lucky in a couple of games. Um, but I, So I just don't think they're at the one seed quite yet. But, man, you know, like I said, anything is possible. I just think they're more towards, you know, the 5-6 seed. And that is... A great sign, I think, going forward, because this team is still relatively new with each other.
0: how many games have you come out of the game where the blazers won, but you also felt like they didn't necessarily play well
1: uh quite a bit actually let's uh, I mean, if I go through the schedule, I agree with you there's the there's been numerous games where I thought man, they didn't even play well and they won, and I think that goes to sh- that goes to show like how good they've played this year, right exactly, and I, and I give them credit, but like does that continue, right? Like, the, by, by saying I mean, that,
0: yeah. does what continue? Them playing bad and winning games? No, hopefully they play good, right? Like, I mean, they've had a couple of games where I felt like they've played really mediocre basketball, like very sloppy, haven't shot the best, like had a quarter where they were terrible defensively, but then they somehow win. Like, the Denver Nuggets, they won by tw- they beat by 25, right? We're talking about the Denver Nuggets going to be up there and they're a really good team. Portland beat them by 25 and they played terrible in that first half. They were down like 15. They just went on the run the final two minutes to get it close and then Anthony Simons absolutely went off and they win by 25, right? So it's like, if we're talking about Blazers keeping it up, like... I still think they could play. I still think they will play so much better just like these other Western Conference teams that you put in there. So that's kind of my thought process. Like even if the Clippers improve or improve and so forth, I think the Blazers still have so much room for improvement and room to just get healthier and finally put their full lineup out there.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're wrong. Like I just it's just my opinion that I think these other teams are a little bit better than the Blazers and, you know, like you said they're gonna have games where they don't play well and they're gonna win they're gonna have games where they play well and they don't win like it all evens out at the end so i mean i just think there's gonna be some games where you know you take into account that miami game that they won in miami right like they should not have won that game they were down they were getting worked and then they got a nice little run in the fourth quarter anthony simons goes off in the fourth quarter and they win but like they shouldn't have won that game and so it's gonna even out at the end of the season i just think you know, right now they are playing really well and they're coming on the right side of a lot of these finishes where in years past they haven't. So that, that's all, Tori. Like I understand and I like the way they're playing. I think it's very sustainable. I do think that they are a playoff team and they have the look of a playoff team. Uh, I just don't know that they're necessarily at the top of the Western Conference quite yet or that they'll be competing for it. But I also don't want to put like restrictions on them, right? Like they could get all the way to that one seat. So
0: I mean, I think I think maybe this conversation is a difference between goal and expectation, right? Um, the goal should be to be fighting for a one seed. That's what I said, right? And your expectation is, you know, five or six seed, right? Like goal, I think would be a little bit more optimistic. We're arguing semantics here, but um, I just think this team has showed too much positive positivity as well as things that they can still improve on to sit say here saying like, well, hopefully they can avoid the play-in. <laughs>
1: no totally do you think that um, because there's not a lot of negatives to be honest like and I try to watch with a non-biased eye right like I love the Blazers they're my favorite team but I also when I worked for them and got let go by them from working like there's always a little bit of hate in my heart so like I'm always trying to find the negatives in this team and you tell me you ask me like what is not sustainable there's not that much that's not sustainable like this team is really good right now Um, I just think that they're playing a little bit out of their mind and I might be wrong. Maybe they are this good and they are the one seed. Um, I just need to see more of it. It's only been 12 games. I said at the start of the year, you got to give me to the end of November. That's 22 games. At that point, I'm really going to make, you know, decide what I think with this team for the rest of the season. I've already gone against that. I've already said, okay, 12 games in, they are way too good to even say play it. No, I've already elevated them before I said I was going to So. I'm already ahead of schedule of like how much I like them. I just think that right now they are playing so well defensively. I just don't know if it's going to keep up, and I have no reason to say it's not going to. I just think, f- just f- in the history of the NBA, like I just don't think that this team is a one seed. That's all it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing that people could argue might be unsustainable is the defense. I mean, but without GP2, man, I mean, you had... Gary Payton the second is such a perfect defensive fit on this Portland team. Their small ball lineup has been extremely good. In 119 possessions without Eubanks and Nurkic so far this season, they have a defensive rating of 92. A defensive rating of 92. That's really, really good. And that's with super small ball lineups, obviously. But the reason these small ball lineups are so good defensively is you have physicality and strength with justice winslow and josh hart two of the strongest like forward defenders that play bigger than their listed height right and then you have jeremy grant nasir little and Shaden sharp all three of these guys have at least seven foot wingspans and all three of these guys are either good or great or in Shaden sharp's case a phenomenal athlete right so having that length and that athleticism and then strong guys like Josh Hart, Justice Winslow, you can make up for, uh, you know, not playing with a traditional big man or a traditional rim protector. And that's more speed on the court with that, with those wingspans, like that can fly around, fill passing lanes. And uh, they've played good help side defense with their small ball lineups to, uh, to not let teams get all the way to the rim. They've rotated well out of them. So the small ball lineup has been really good defensively. Uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on the small ball lineup?
1: Yeah, no, we talked about small ball lineup. Like what's our theory on centers. And I had said like, don't spend a lot on centers. I'd rather just go minimum guys and mix and match like running backs. But when you go small and you mentioned this story, like you have to be able to switch and play stronger than you are. You also have to rebound really well. And that's where Josh Hart comes in. Josh Hart has been so good on the boards that, they can go small and he can basically be their power forward. And then Jeremy Grant can either be small ball five or even go to three, basically, and have Justice Winslow be a point center. Like they have a lot of flexibility and you have to give Chauncey Billups credit for going with it, right? That was something that, you know, Terry Stotts never wanted to do. He never wanted to really go small. Chauncey goes ultra small and has... Basically, five ball handles out there, because Justice Winslow can handle the basketball, so offensively that is a problem for teams and then defensively, the way Justice Winslow has changed his game to be a defensive stopper, same with Josh Hart, who always plays you know with all the heart, terrible pun there, but like he plays with his heart all the time and plays strong like that's it's great to see like it's great to see this small ball lineup finally get affected in Portland. And I think Josh Hart is the key to that. You know, he's basically playing power forward for this team, and he's doing a really good job.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is where just playing style and coaching comes into play with making a team really good. Because if you put Justice Winslow on a Blazers team three years ago, he's he's terrible, right? He's it, uh,
1: he's he's Evan Turner, but worse because yeah. he can't. He's not as good offensively as Evan. Like Evan Turner could drive and kick better than Justice Winslow can.
0: Yeah, yeah, and who knows if Terry Stotts would have utilized the small ball lineup correctly like Chauncey Billups has which you, uh Justice Winslow has played really really well in but then also offensively with the way they move the ball attack and whatnot like Justice Winslow has not been efficient this year and it kind of drives me crazy but he can make the right play he's passing the ball well he's cutting well he plays within the flow of the offense well and therefore he's not a like a purely negative offensive player who knows if he's a positive or not but when you look at a guy that is as versatile as he does defensively being able to guard on the ball, slide his feet. But then also he's so freaking strong. He's able to play small ball center. Um, you can, he can maybe play some point guard in a pinch. He's such a versatile player that, um, having a versatile defense and versatile lineups, mixing and matching certain lineups together. Coaches that do that will get better use out of a Justice Winslow or a Josh Hart or some of the guys on this roster compared to something that's just more straightforward where you're only running one defensive scheme. The offense is very isolation heavy and it's a bunch of people watching Dame try and create something or CJ McCollum try and create something. And that's where when we talk about you know uh, expectations and which teams are the most talented and how they're going to finish. I just think the uh, the fit of this roster for what Chauncey Billups is doing is so perfect you have Chauncey Billups guys on this roster and they're the Blazers are able to throw so many different defensive looks at teams and different lineup combinations at teams that when you just put Dame and Ant on top of it offensively, like that's that's the makings of a really good team. That's what the best teams in, in the league do. That's what the Warriors have always done. Playing, you know, the death lineup with Draymond Green at the 5 and super small ball or being able to go big in the past with like a Bogut. Now they got Kavon Looney starting at the center spot. Just more physicality. They can mix and match that's what really good teams do and that's why I have a lot of faith in this team is because of that versatility
1: yeah man Justice Winslow you got to give him credit for you know really accepting that role right like accepting his role and changing his game when he came to the NBA like this is not how he played when he was first into the NBA so you got to give him credit got to give Chauncey a lot of credit for you know really getting through to the guys and having them play a certain way and they're buying in and it's working and I think especially in the NBA like You can tell guys to play a certain way. You can, you know, put them in different spots on the court, but they need to see results and they need to see it work well for them to buy in 100%. And right now the Blazers are buying in and because it's working, it's working. So they're buying in. So, you know, credit all around to everybody uh, with the Trailblazers right now. Like, I really don't have much negative to say about it, man. Like, nine and three right now. And, you know, we talked about that six game road trip. We were, you know, I said two wins maybe, three wins. Like, no, it's going to be four or five. And uh, they've only been favored in two games, two games all season, and they're nine and three. Like that is quite amazing, actually, to think about. Like that is very tough to do for the Portland Trail Blazers. Uh, Tori, I want to play this little game with you here. So you know the national media. Of course, the Blazers isn't, aren't going to get any love. Like, they never will. It's always hey, Trey's Dave.
0: Stephen A. Smith said he loved the Blazers. I don't know if that's a good thing, but we got one one of those ESPN uh, guys on our bandwagon. I don't know if we want more, though. But go no, go ahead.
1: No, no. I like it better when they don't talk about the Blazers. Like, eh, just stay away from it. No Charles I,
0: Barkley I, jinxes, man. No, none I of those. I did see
1: um, uh, Chris Moussard. Chris Bussard put out the Dame for AD trade the other day. Uh, so, Tori, let's play this game here. Yo, you and me, Let's. Uh, we're hosting uh, first take today. And uh, we're going to pretend the Blazers are, insert, good team like the Warriors or the Lakers, I guess, or the Nets. Let's, uh, okay, so the Blazers are in L.A. now. It's the L.A. Blazers. Ew, uh, so, ew. I just got to say it, ew. But let's it, go. Yeah, I'll was, play along. Let's do it. Let's 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 do it let's we're going let's to play along here, though. What would they be saying about uh, Damian Lillard right now? Would he be a guy that they're looking to trade for Anthony Davis, or is he, you know, an MVP candidate? What
0: would you think? Oh, it would absolutely. Damian Lillard is absolutely an MVP candidate, and now he has a ton of help around him. The Blazers are a favorite in the Western Conference, and uh, yeah, Dame should retire here. He should definitely not demand a trade every month like we like we actually say.
1: I mean, to think about that, like, that is literally what people are talking about right now, is Chris Boussard said they should trade Dame for AD. But it's like, no, like, he's an MVP candidate, and he would be the MVP. Like, he would be the face of the league if this was LA. Uh, You know, so another guy, another guy, the LA Blazers have had a really good uh, draft pick with. There's number seven draft pick, Shane Sharp, you know, shown a lot of potential. Torrey, you know, there's rumors that Kevin Durant wants to be traded Should the Blazers trade Shaden Sharp, the L.A. Blazers trade the Shaden Sharp for Kevin Durant, or is that even enough? Do the Blazers need more players back in return?
0: well my question for you would be would you trade a prime michael jordan for a 34 year old kevin durant because i certainly wouldn't and this shade and sharp kid if you saw the way he hit that double clutch mid-range pull up against the charlotte hornets it was shades of michael jordan he has the athleticism he has the mid-range game he's only 19 years old and he's shooting 44 percent from three he's basically michael jordan with a three-point shot so i, I wouldn't trade him for kevin Durant and four first round picks from the Nets the Nets are in shambles they don't deserve the Shane Sharp kid
1: you also forgot the uh, killer instinct of Kobe Bryant um, yeah, yeah. to go with it the athleticism of Vince Carter um yeah you got to put in at least four first round picks maybe you get a three-way deal get another team to throw another star player in but yeah Shane Sharp for Durant straight up g- get out of here uh g- get out of here with that uh let's talk about uh Joe Cronin Is he the best executive of all time? Is he on the Sam Presti level? Is he, you know, Greg Popovich style? Is that how good he is?
0: I mean, he came in and took over an organization that was an absolute shambles after Neil O'Shea had his whole scandal and departure, and he came in and he he won the trade, obviously won the trade, trading Norman Powell and Robert Covington away to a to a small market Clippers team, getting back Keon Johnson and Justice Winslow, who has been Draymond Green two for the. I'm not going to say the the L.A. Blaze. I'm not going to say that, but for the Blaze justice winslow draymond 2.0 swiss army knife can play point guard can play center can play anything and do anything you want except at threes but justice winslow's been better than norman powell and robert covington combined and uh and, and he's been phenomenal so joe Cronin won that trade and then getting josh hart who's another swiss army knife and he's a dog and he he's just he's that guy josh Hart since this is ESPN this is my analysis josh hart is just that guy and he's got that dog in he's him. got that dog and he is that guy yeah uh, so so joe cronin putting just an absolute complete Death Star of a lineup around Damian Lillard, finally giving Dame what he wants, what he's waited for his whole career here in Blazerland. Uh, Joe Cronin, GM of the year, probably GM of the decade, and might go into the Hall of Fame. Probably deserves to go in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Joe Cronin is is an absolute god.
1: Statues, statues everywhere. Uh, final question, Tori here on. Uh... The Believe in Blazers podcast is presented by Bet Online. First take here: uh, the the Lakers, the small market Lakers, they're two and ten on the season, tied for last place. They do have a you know a solid player in LeBron James. Maybe he wants out. I think he wants out. You know, you know, we're hearing everybody say he wants out, even though he has said numerous time after time after time he doesn't want out and he can't be traded. That that's another thing. Don't worry about that. He he can't be tr he can't be traded, but he's got to be traded. Should the Blazers trade you know a package of maybe I don't know Trenton Watford and uh, John Butler and maybe a second round pick for LeBron? I think that's probably about fair. I think that that both teams say yes to that, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, since this is ESPN, we don't know whatever the CBA is here. Um, that, that sounds, you know, we, we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't know that thing. LeBron absolutely needs to demand out. He is wasting his entire, Career there in in for the what Lakers that's their the team Lakers. name, yeah. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I, I haven't, uh, you know, I haven't watched a game of theirs all season long, but I look down at the standings and they're two and ten. And they got this Russell Westbrook guy on their team who's been terrible. And you know, Anthony Davis, for whatever reason, demanded a trade to go there, and uh, you know, he should demand a trade as well. Uh, th- they The Lakers don't deserve LeBron in AD. Uh, LeBron needs to go to a big market city where he can truly shine and expand his brand. I would love to see LeBron in a different uniform, especially a Blazer uniform. Him hooking up with Dame. Dame deserves LeBron as a fourth option. So yeah, LeBron should definitely demand a trade. And if that CBA thing is true, he should demand a new CBA as well.
1: If only, if only LeBron could get to Portland to that big market, get his brand growing, that would be great. And that is our first episode of uh, the Believe in Blazer podcast, first take starring Tori Jones and Tori, thank you.
0: Perfect. Well done. I mean, that's,
1: that's I mean, and <laughs> look, the national media is great. Like, there are a lot of really good people that cover the NBA, uh, but there's just some things like you can't take seriously. Like, I understand, like, it's for clicks and for views. But, like, it is annoying to see everyone say, oh, Dave wants out. Dave should demand a trade. But we just got to ignore it. Just got to ignore it. We know that Dave wants to stay in Portland. And Portland's not going to trade him. Right? Like, no matter who says what, Portland will not trade Damian Lillard until Damian Lillard comes out and says, I want to be traded. He'll never be traded. So, we just got to stop worrying about it. Tori. I just...
0: i'm not worried about it at all i've been one of the few people that have been calm about dame even last offseason when there was whispers and henry abbott had his whole thing that was not true like even then i was saying i don't i don't believe it i think dame's here to stay and now that he has this roster playing this way looking this good and you know he wants to mentor Shaden sharp for the next five six years like he he uh he has taken Shane Sharp under his wing, much like he took Anthony Simons under his wing. Yeah, I have no worries about Dame even retiring here, man. Uh, I think everything that's happened in the past uh, nine months have has basically guaranteed it. But Dame's a loyal guy. Like, even if things weren't going swimmingly, he'd still want to be here. That's just the way he's built, and I respect that. And that's why I've said I wouldn't trade him for anything, even if it made sense on paper, because I am willing to return that level of loyalty to him.
1: I mean, look. Like I've always said, you can explore it if you want to. I don't know that. I don't even know what the fair. Tra- I've always said I don't know what the fair trade value for Damian Lillard would be, but you can always look for it. You can always look out there and explore things if you want to. But I wouldn't trade him just for anything. Like I've been asked by people, like, would you trade him for that? No, I wouldn't trade him for that because it's just not worth it. And so you know, I think we as a community, as a Rip City community. We just got to try to ignore that noise. Just ignore that noise, Tori and just go from here because you know what? It's just, it's just noise at this point. Like we know it's not true and it's really just comical at this point. So I am, uh, I thank you for uh, playing that game with me. I really wanted to play it.
0: Yeah, that was, that was fun. I, I'm <laughs> still switching out of character right now.
1: Yeah. All right. Take, take yourself out of Tori, Tori, a Smith Jones here and get back just to Tori Jones. Um, So Blazers 12 games in, uh, they're about to head back home. For a, uh, a little homestand here coming up lately, uh, you know what? After the end of November, it's 22 games. What are you expected right
0: now? Through the course of November? Yeah. Record-wise, what? 22 games are played through the course of November. They're 9-3, and three, so they have 10 games left. Yeah. Um, is there, is there anything that they could do? Okay, let's put it this way.
1: Let's put it this way. You don't need to put a number. but I know. I'm sitting here
0: doing math now. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's not do math. That's hard. Is there anything that the Blazers could do between now and November, minus an injury? You know, Let's just say no one gets seriously hurt. Is there anything that can happen that is going to sway your mind of how high this Blazer team could be?
0: No, because I think we've already seen the elite team that this team can be if that makes sense right obviously yeah, they yeah, can yeah. be even better defensively when they add Gary Payton the second but we've already seen them be really good defensively so far this season like if they add Gary Payton the second look even better it's like okay that's kind of what I expect at this point because he's a perfect fit for small ball lineups that we talked about earlier and then forces turnovers and then this team's moving the ball well, cutting well and he's a really good cutter like I think GP2 will thrive here I think it will be a perfect fit for him so you know getting day Back and healthy, and they'll probably still rest them. But you know, if they take better care of the ball and add G P two, like this team could absolutely look like the best team in the league over the last month of November. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me or really change how I think about this team. Like at this point, I am thinking of this team as a as a contender. Okay, maybe it's a little too early for some people to think that, but contenders what did we talk about before the season contenders are top 10 on both sides of the floor right the blazers are sixth defensively against a hard schedule and missing some guys and then they're 16th offensively but they have the ninth ranked true shooting percentage like they're ninth in efficiency so they're 16th offensively because of the turnover problem where they're like, bottom five. I think they're tied for fifth worst. So just clean up the turnovers and maintain that shooting efficiency. Keep playing the same way they will. I assume that they'll be a top 10 offense as well. I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I'm full optimism at this point, but uh, I I truly expect this team to be looking like a contender, and I... uh... It's just weird. I can't wrap my head around it.
1: I can't say you're wrong. Like, I can't say you're, I can't sit here after what I've seen and be like, no, you're way off, Tori. Like, I can't say that. Like, I think for me, like at the end of November, I think I could really, for, okay, I'm going to say it this way. I think right now, like I said, I've changed my expectations for the season. It's six seed or bust. Like, if they don't get the six seed, I think it's a failure of a season. And I'm going to say that right now. And so I've changed my opinion already. After 22 games, my opinion can only go up at this point. Like, maybe it's they should get home court advantage. Maybe it is they are contending for that one seed. So there are a lot of things still for me to be proven in these next 10 games or so uh, by the end of November. I think I'm going to have a real good grasp of what this team potential wise could be I'm still not sold on them being a contender in the Western Conference but that could definitely change because like I said like I can't find a lot of negatives about this team right now and um I'm always looking for the negatives in the team but there's really not that many so um the only negative really is the health and that's something you can't really control uh of course there's the news on Friday that Shane Sharp uh I'm looking at right here from their press release he has a, uh, vole, a volar avulsion fracture to his right fifth finger. Whatever that means, uh, heard he hurt his pinky. I think that means. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, why do you gotta be so technical? By the way, that just 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 say he hurt his pinky. That's all. But uh, he's he's questionable. So obviously, it doesn't look like anything serious. But um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I tell you what, this is an exciting Blazers team, and I was not expecting this story, so it is a nice surprise for me.
0: Uh, With that, you got anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? Um, No, just drop in that video that I talked about at the start of this episode on my YouTube channel, Blazers Uprise. Just go to YouTube and search Blazers and then the word Uprise, U-P-R-I-S-E, and you'll be able to find that video. Uh, I don't normally script videos, but I wanted to script this one because I'm focusing on a lot of advanced analytics. There's a reason I was on top of my stats today. It's because I've been scripting this video. So uh, it helped out with this recording. So it's probably a bunch of stuff you already heard throughout this. But uh, yeah, I've tried my hand at scripting a video, just seeing how it goes. Trying to obviously put out good content and whatnot. And then we have post-game streams, which have been uh, a ton of fun. A ton of fun. Because they've been winning basketball games and we get to talk about positive stuff. Started the channel three years ago. I started it in the summer of 2019. So right after that Western Conference Finals run, we haven't had a good season since. The best season we have was, oh, we lost in the first round in the bubble it's the eight seed to the lakers in five games then we lost in the first round to the nuggets as a six seed in six games so this is kind of unfamiliar territory i'm still wrapping my head around it but uh it makes for good conversations man especially because there's a wide open west so i'm looking forward to seeing how this team plays through the rest of november uh four and one road trip so far hopefully they take care of business tomorrow against the mavericks to go to five and one I mean, Stephen, we were talking about two and four would be okay on this road trip. Three and three would be a success. They're already four and one chance to go five and one. So, uh, keep they keep defying expectations.
1: It's crazy, man. They're playing really well. Yeah, you and Eric, you guys always do a great job over there. Blizzard uh, Uprise, check those guys out. Uh, you know, pregame, postgame, all the time. They're always putting stuff out. Of course, check me out. Seven fifty the game. Uh, I am the producer, BFT, but I pop on there all the time just because uh, that's what I do. I turn my mic on, I start talking because you can't hold my opinions down. I'm going to give my opinions on what I want to talk about. So uh, so you can follow Tori at Tory ToriJonesYT on Twitter. Follow me at Steven underscore VON on Twitter. Of course, rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. This is the Believe in Blazers podcast presented by Ben Online. Thank you guys over there. And with that, have a good day, everyone.